But anyway, I bring this all up because eight years is a very long time. And yet my view on, on this, this market, the crypto economy hasn't changed. If anything, what I was saying back then about an alternative parallel financial system has never been more uh, correct. I mean, I, I, don't, I usually don't blow my own trumpet with these things, but I was, I was bloody right. Um, because what we are seeing now is, is, is exactly that is that we've seen an explosion of a whole bunch of different aspects in the crypto world from uh, stable coins to uh, decentralized finance, you know, yield opportunities for crypto deposits, borrowing, lending. Um, we've seen, you know, the, the mad rush on NFTs last year. The, you know, play to earn gaming is a very big thing as well. Staking crypto that again deliver you know mega yields where you could be you know earning double digit yields on your your crypto investments you know these are all crazy you know new well I say new but then relatively new compared to the traditional financial system but they've been around crypto for a little while now but these are all concepts that most people don't get they don't understand they when they think about the the, the world of crypto they see Bitcoin they see price volatility and the kind of conversation ends there. Um, the skeptics will, you know, continue to call it scam and a Ponzi and greater fool theory and all that. But it's when people take the time to learn and understand the nuances of what is in development, how it's working, the kinds of opportunities that exist out there. And you see just you sort of look under the hood at what's what the bigger picture actually is. Then you start to see. Welcome to the Exponential Investor podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. Good morning and welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. I am your editor, Sam Volkering. And as you may notice, I am here all on my lonesome. I'm rolling solo today, unfortunately, due to uh, technical difficulties out in Western Australia. Uh, Shay Russell, my co-editor, is uh, is in Perth at the moment, and she's battling with the what's what's pretty much the the, the easiest way to describe it is is the horrific shambles of uh, national broadband network that Australia has rolled out. One of the worst infrastructure projects possibly ever known on the history of the planet uh, is the NBN out in Australia. And unfortunately, Shay has fallen victim to its feeble nature. And so uh, we were unable to get her on the call today. So it's just me doing a one-man band monologue to camera talking to you today about, uh, about all things investment related. Um, so hopefully it's not too awkward just me talking directly to you on this podcast. I do do prefer to have somebody to to bounce off and, and to talk about these things with and get get a different perspective. But as I say, um, here in the UK, we, you know we, we're blessed with with fast high speed broadband connections that are, are usually pretty good. So anyway, this is what it is. Um, and so I figured today what I wanted to talk to you about actually is something that I've been. I mean, something I've been researching now for well over a decade um, and, and specifically talking about the crypto markets because I've been doing a bit of work recently, um, I guess, really trying to piece together and, and look forward as to what, what the next 10 years in this market brings. And when I look back to where I first began with everything, you know, when I first discovered Bitcoin was back in 2010 and 
2011, it, it started to really sort of capture my imagination a little bit more. I didn't, I didn't really start to quite properly understand it till I'd sort of been sniffing around and researching and testing and trying and experimenting with it for, for about a year or, or so. Um, but I was, I was, I was doing some work this week on, um, looking back through a lot of my historic work that I'd written about, about Bitcoin specifically earlier on. And then the, the wider crypto economy, as I like to call it, or the crypto economy, I coined the phrase, which never caught on. Um, I wonder why. Anyway, the crypto economy. So um, I, did a, I did a speech back in 2014. Uh, I think it was March 2014. I got invited actually to, um, to go out to Sydney. I was living in London at the time. Went out to Sydney and um, I was invited by uh, an investment group and they had a whole bunch of clients that wanted to, well, they wanted to, they wanted to be a bit more progressive with what they were delivering to their clients. And so they'd been a long time read of my work and, and seen my, my stuff on, on crypto and Bitcoin. And so they invited me out to talk to their clients about it all. And so this was say 2014. And, um, I, it's, it's funny. You don't realize <laughs> how, how entrenched you become in this market until you go back and see some of your early work. And as I was reading through, so I'd put together a full blown speech, um, which, uh, I revisited this week. And what I found interesting was that back then in 2014, this is, don't forget that, um, I wrote about the exponentially fast growing world of of, of altcoins, of, of other cryptocurrencies that weren't Bitcoin, and how that that had exploded from about 48 to about 98 to about 128 different crypto back in 2014. 128 different crypto. Whereas like, I think last time I checked on on the data aggregation site, CoinMarketCap, it was, that it was like over, well over 15 or 16, 17,000 different cryptocurrencies that they tracked, let alone the ones they don't track. Um, and so that's that's exponential growth. Now, you know, a big part of that's, you know, good, bad, and the ugly and all of that. But it is what what we've seen, particularly over the last, I, I would argue probably over the last five years, the acceleration of the crypto economy as um, it's been nothing short of, of eye-watering, of astounding, just how fast it's all gone. One of the other things that I was talking to these people about um, and that I wrote down in a speech in 2014 was also about this idea of an alternative parallel financial system. That was a that's a that was a pretty big idea back in 2014. I mean, the, just the very concept of Bitcoin itself in 2014 was something that most people didn't really want to know about. I remember the Q and A session after I gave that speech in Sydney, um, and there were some people that were like, "Oh, this is interesting," but it, it felt like there were a lot more people that just wanted to tell me how much it was a Ponzi scheme how much it was tulip mania all over the South Sea bubble, blah, 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 blah. It's funny when you know you, you have a Q&A session, a question and answer session, how many people don't actually ask questions, they just want to tell you what they think. Anyway, so I, I copped, I copped a little bit, you know, it's sort of, you kind of, some people you can't convince, and you'll never convince that, that what is happening in this space is much bigger than they could possibly ever realize. And I would hope that, Everyone that was in that crowd, it was only a crowd of about 40, maybe 45, 50 people. Um, I would hope that they remember that from eight years ago and that they see what's happening now and they see the change and they they have maybe changed their mind, I would hope. I don't think, 
I don't think, or maybe, maybe if, if, if you're watching or listening to this today and you were in that audience in Sydney back in 2014 when I spoke about Bitcoin, and look, my views have, have changed a little bit on, on Bitcoin as a speculative investment vehicle. Um, you know, back then I spoke a lot about it being a medium of exchange, a, a global currency, a global currency standard. Um, as I say, I spoke about it being a, a genuine alternative financial system that runs in parallel with the traditional system that we have. If you if if you're listening and you were in on that speech and you you, you still follow my work, you know, write in. Let, let me know if if your if your views have changed or if what you think about the market right now. But anyway, I bring this all up because eight years is a very long time. And yet my view on on this this market, the crypto economy, hasn't changed. If anything, what I was saying back then about a alternative parallel financial system has never been more uh, correct. I mean, I, I don't, I usually don't blow my own trumpet with these things, but I was, I was bloody right. Um, because what we are seeing now is, is, is exactly that, is that we've seen an explosion of a whole bunch of different aspects in the crypto world from uh, stable coins to uh, decentralized finance, you know, yield opportunities for crypto deposits, borrowing, lending, um, we've seen, you know, the, the mad rush on NFTs last year, the, you know, play to earn gaming is a very big thing as well. Staking crypto that again, deliver, you know, mega yields where you could be, you know, earning double digit yields on your, your crypto investments. You know, these are all crazy, you know, new, well, I say new, but then relatively new compared to the traditional financial system, but they've been around crypto for a little while now, but these are all concepts that most people don't get. They don't understand. They, when they think about the, the, the world of crypto, they see Bitcoin, they see price volatility, and the kind of conversation ends there. Um, the skeptics will you know, continue to call it scam and a Ponzi and greater fool theory and all that. But it's when people take the time to learn and understand the nuances of what is in development, how it's working, the kinds of opportunities that exist out there, and you see just, you sort of look under the hood at what's, what the bigger picture actually is, then you start to see the potential of what's coming over the next eight years as we take ourselves towards 2030. And I think that's that's kind of what I wanted to really explain to you today was that that idea of the bigger picture is, is actually a lot more important than people probably give it credit in the current market. It's very easy to get caught up in short-term price volatility swings. You know, the, the price of Bitcoin is, re, is recorded and repeated on, on mainstream news now in daily. All, all financial mainstream media cover the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies daily. So you're, you're always being bombarded with this idea of volatility, the risk. It's, you know, it's, it's so speculative and crazy in nature. But I want you to sort of take a step back from that and remove yourself from that conversation, from that short-termism, I suppose, is, is one way to look at it. And and put yourselves in the shoes of uh, a young person back in 2014 who had discovered this world a couple of years earlier, had spent a couple of years really researching it and understanding it, and then to come to the conclusion that we were looking at one of the largest probably arguably the largest change to the most entrenched uh, of all industries, banking and finance that the world has ever seen. So 
the idea of a completely new alternative parallel financial system was big back then. It's even, it's still a big idea today that people still don't give enough credit to, but that's exactly what's being built out. And so what I'm saying is that in another eight years time, what does that look like? Think about it for yourself. What does the world look like in another eight years time? And eight years time will be the, it'll be the year 2030. It feels like a lifetime away. Probably not as far as you think. Well, it is. It's eight years. It's exactly what you think. Anyway, um, what does the world look like then? What does the crypto economy look like in 2030? What does this parallel alternative financial system look like? I, I've got a pretty distinct view that it is a, a, a financial system that is free from centralized control. It was the same concepts that I was talking about eight years ago. And it'll be the same concepts that I'm talking about in another eight years time. That is a very distinct difference from the traditional financial system that we know that is very centralized, very controlled, very manipulated based on the decisions and policy making of a select few groups of people. Whereas crypto economy is very much the antithesis of that. It is, it is the alternative. It is the, the way out of that centralized control. And so I think that I'm not naive enough to think that the current traditional financial system is just going to end. I think it will face a lot of challenges from internally within its own system and externally from the crypto economy and what's happening in that space. And we're already starting to see how governments and how centralized policymakers are starting to think about these things. You know, recently, obviously, the, the United Kingdom came out and the government said they, that we want to be a central hub of crypto asset activity and development and growth and opportunity. But again, they want to be a centralized hub of that. They, they want to be the controlling point of that. And we've seen, you know, the, the Financial Conduct Authority take a lot more interest in the space. They're looking to hire and bring people on board to, you know, oversee and, and provide some protections for consumers, which, you know, some of these things are actually good. You know, some, some consumer protections would be good in this space because there is a lot of shady activity that comes from, you know, people with conflicts of interest and, um, you know, that comes from a place where they put themselves above the people that they purport to be serving. So anyway, some, some light-handed oversight from regulatory bodies isn't a bad thing. Centralized control, in my view, of this, of this crypto economy can't be done. They will try, but ultimately that idea of an alternative system is something that I think will provide a way out from that centralized control. Having said that, the the alternative, the traditional system that we know and use today, I think is going to become a lot more digital. And we've really started to see that a lot more as well with this, um, you know, with this concept and idea of central bank backed digital currencies, CBDCs, which again, in my view, I think is an inevitability. And I think it's inevitable in the sense of it provides the government a greater uh, point of access to actually control the things that they can't control within the traditional financial system. So the cash economy or the black economy, where, you know, there is still a lot of dealing in that space um, that, you know, avoids taxes. And if you've got a, a digital currency that you can track and you know where it's being spent by who and where, you can effectively eliminate the entire black economy overnight. And we're talking about, you know, huge potential extra revenues from tax collection, just from one point of thing. So even if it's just that reason, 
that it makes a much more efficient tax collection system. That, I think, would be motivation enough for them to go ahead and do that. But I also think that the government start to see that there is some economic benefit and activity from encouraging and fostering the, the digital assets and crypto asset space, both from their own kind of controlled, centralized purposes, but also from what you know it can bring from an economic standpoint, jobs, um, you know, again, more and more revenues to the country, GDP growth, tax collection, spending, consumer spending in the economy. So there's a whole bunch of extra ancillary benefits that having an alternative system like that and fostering its growth can provide. So I think that that idea of, you know, that idea of governments outlawing crypto and some of these things, I think is really a bit of an antiquated viewpoint to take on this is that, and again, I've said this for many years now, is that they will look to uh, adopt, enhance, foster, grow, and support this industry, but try and keep a hand on some form of centralized control with it. So this, this we, we are coming to a bit of a fork in the road, I think, where we are going to see these two systems really start to diverge even more. And I think one will thrive more than the other. I think it's pretty clear which one you think, which one that might be. Um, if, you, if you've been listening to anything I've said over the last <laughs> 15 minutes or however long I've been banging on. Um, so it's going to touch every aspect of your life, whether you like it or not. You might still think that crypto is a big scam and Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme and it's, you know, tulip mania and South Sea bubbles and, you know, all those arguments that I've heard on and off for a decade now. You still might think that, which is fine. I, you know, some people you'll never convince about what the future brings. Um, but even if you don't want to invest in it, even if you don't like it, even if you think it's just one giant scam, it's going to impact your life. It's going to impact your daily life because the government's going to shift and the central bank's going to shift to digital currencies. They're going to look to build crypto-like networks. They may do some of those things that will, will cross-pollinate between these two systems. There will be businesses that will integrate cryptocurrency networks into their payment systems. They are all, this is already happening. And it will be one of those things where all of a sudden you wake up in eight years time and crypto will be just an integrated technology that's part of your life that on the balance you probably don't even see or probably don't even necessarily recognize or know, but it is actually there. And there will have been a whole period of eight years where you've just been asleep at the wheel sort of ignoring what's really happening under the hood and behind the scenes. And so I'm just trying to, I guess, in my, to conclude my one man monologue in today's Exponential Investor podcast is that I want you to be eyes wide open. Uh, have your mind open to what's, what's really happening. You know, this divergence in two systems that we're talking about, you know, a, a, a essentially a free, liberating, decentralized network of, Everything from, as I say, that, that can be impacted from, from the financial system to how we look at managing transport and logistics to uh, it's impacting sports and music and entertainment. Um, there's so many different aspects to the crypto economy that is really expanding and exploding and developing at this point that to completely ignore it and switch off that tap would be like winding back the clock, you know, 10 years, 15 years, and completely ignoring the opportunity that the growth in tech stocks and, and the development of fintech and all those things in the tradi traditional system actually delivered. I think we're at a very similar point that 
the next great period of development, economic development, even companies that do list on the traditional markets, I think that that real growth and expansion and opportunity is going to be inherently based in crypto. And so you've got to start to figure out, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get a part of that? How are you going to be on that train if that's how it does play out? Um, and, and it's quite simple. And I think there are some, you know, some simple steps that people can make, um, but also being conscious of you know, the, the traps and pitfalls that do exist in this space. And clue yourself up, educate, learn, understand how it works, what it means, and then how you can get involved, invest, and ride that train as, as part of a, an overall uh, wealth building strategy. So as I say, there's a lot happening and it can be confusing and overwhelming. Uh, I've been in this space long enough to be able to figure out how to filter in the good stuff and, and push out the bad stuff and then hopefully communicate to you simply how you can get involved and how you can get on board with these things. Um, you'll also find in this video, on this video, around this video, somewhere in a link, uh, there will be a link in this video about a lot of the stuff I've been talking about today, about how crypto is about to change the world in a way that many people have not seen coming. Uh, it expands on a lot of the topics and issues I've been talking about today. In fact, it's a very big interview that I've just done. I think, I don't think, you should watch it straight up. You should watch what I've got to say, understand what's coming, what I see coming. As I said, when I was eight years ago, I, I, I I'm not, I'm, I don't have the crystal ball, but eight years ago, I could quite clearly see how this world was developing. And it's developed exactly how I had, had expected it would, um, you know, with, with some extra, you know, fireworks along the way, but, but good fireworks. And from what I see at this point going forward for another eight years is incredibly exciting. What is coming down the track I think is just such a crazy good opportunity for people to get involved with that it would be remiss of me not to do whatever I can to help you understand it. And so that's why, again, if you, you there'll be some links on here to an interview, uh, big broadcast that I've put together, click on it, listen to what I've got to say, understand what's happening in this world and how you can get a part of it. So a lot going on. Um, as I say, unfortunately this week, <laughs> no uh, I, don't, I don't have a, a, a sidekick with me to, to bounce these ideas off. So I've kind of just been vomiting uh, ideas out of my head at you this week about what I've seen happening in the, in the crypto space. Uh, hopefully you found it interesting. As I say, um, click on the links in the video, around the video, wherever this video is, um, to see the interview that I've recently done. You'll be able to jump on and, and, and find out a bit more about that and what I see coming down the track. I think you'll find it fascinating. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to jump on and see that when it goes live. Um, but as for EXI next week, uh, hopefully Shay will be back with me and we can have a bit more of a conversation. Um, and uh, it'll be a bit more interesting than just me rambling onto the camera at you. But thanks for sticking with me if you've stuck with me this far. Um, I will be back with you again next week with Shay and we will have uh, some more interesting stuff to talk about together. Thanks for joining us and bye for now.